Hey friends, this is Pastor Brian Worth. Thanks for listening to my latest sermon. Get more of my teachings on YouTube at Chapel of Change TV and tune in every Sunday on the radio on 99.5 FM for fresh hope. Isaiah chapter 54, uh, verses 1 through 2. I'm going to eventually read it, but just get prepared. Uh, we are still on this broad subject of keys to supernatural growth. We're still on this broad subject of keys to supernatural growth. Uh, growth beyond human comprehension. Growth beyond human explanation. And growth beyond human means. So now you've got a, a definition of what we mean by supernatural growth. We want God to do something in your life that is beyond human comprehension. We want him to do something in your life that is beyond human explanation. And we want God to do something in your life that's beyond human means. Are you following along? Never, set us, never, never settle for results in your life that, that, that only you could do. That only you could do. And so God has already been starting to expose us to supernatural growth as a church, and we're super excited at what he's doing already. We haven't even finished uh, January yet, and the Lord is exposing us to supernatural growth. I shared with you last week that uh, for the first time in like six years, across the street, Dominguez High School has opened up, and uh, several of our leaders are taking the gospel to Dominguez High School, and we actually do a prayer booth at about 2.30 on Tuesdays, right here, we open that back gate right there on the side, and we, we pray for youth. We, it's just a good spot to be at down the river. And we pray over the teenagers as, as they're walking home. And I, I'm pleased to report that last Friday, a couple days ago, uh, not only did Dominguez High School open up, but the doors of Carson High School in the city of Carson has opened up. I want to show you this picture of, uh, if we have this picture, show them this picture of us ministering at a classroom. Do we have the picture of us of us ministering uh, in the classroom? All right. Uh, well, let's thank God for it anyways. See it by faith. Make sure we get that picture for the next service. But we have one of our youth at our Long Beach campus goes to Carson High, and he's a leader in the Christian club. And he invited us to go in there. And last Friday, I had the opportunity to lead about five teenagers to surrender their heart to Jesus. Come on, praise the Lord. About five teenagers to surrender their life to the Lord Jesus. And uh, the, the previous week, there was a, a teenager, and it's, it's kind of like hard to understand, but maybe you understand it better than I do, but... The previous week, there's a teenager there that uh, she did her makeup like a clown. She did, it's hard to, hard to kind of visualize, but she did it like a clown. And she did her eyes, and she was, oh, look at that picture right there, amen? That's our brother Eric from our Long Beach campus. He invited us to Carson campus. You got that other picture with the classroom, and, and that, up, up that other picture? But there was this teenager who... Best I could compare it to is a gothic look. And she, two Fridays ago, she surrendered her life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And she came back to the Bible club last Friday. So God is moving in, in the mighty name of Jesus. Someone shout amen. God has already uh, 
exposing us to supernatural growth. And I'm, and I'm challenging the church as you study your Bible this year, look for images of supernatural growth in the Bible because they're all over the Bible. Uh, look at this picture right here. Praise God. This is the classroom that we got to speak in, all the teenagers. That's supernatural growth. Someone say supernatural growth. So I'm challenging the church to, to look for images of supernatural growth when you study the Bible because they're all throughout the Bible. And I just want to, before I read Isaiah 54, just listen to a couple of these verses as I just speak this over your life. Um, I'm, I'm not just here to like teach you the word of the Lord, but I'm here to like prophetically speak the word of God into your life. Are you following along? So I like to read the promises of God over your life and kind of like a quarterback throw it your way. And some of y'all by faith will, will grab the ball and run for a touchdown. I'm hoping all of y'all do that. Amen. So listen to this. Here's an image. Genesis 26 verse 12. Just listen to this. It says, Isaac planted crops in that land and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. Ain't that exciting right there? Wouldn't you like to reap a hundredfold on whatever you planted? You plant love, you plant kindness, you plant patience, amen. You plant even financial investment into the kingdom of God and you reap a hundredfold. That's supernatural growth. May the Lord do that in your life this year. Psalms 115 verse 1, uh, verse 1 says, may the Lord give you increase. Someone say increase. May the Lord give you increase more and more. Someone say more and more. See, I would have just settled for that more, but God doesn't want you to settle for more. He wants you to have more and more. God wants you to have more and more, and, that, and that, that's not it, because it doesn't end there. It says, you and your children. Someone yell out supernatural growth. So I'm, I'm here today, not just for me, I'm here today for my child. I'm here today for my kids. I'm, I'm here, I'm standing in the gap for my relatives, and I'm believing that if I get blessed from God, it's going to uh, pour out everywhere I go. May the Lord increase you. Someone yell out increase. Anybody receive that this morning? Someone say, I receive it in Jesus' name. Here's the last one. These are, these are images of supernatural growth. Uh, Job 8-7. This is for somebody this morning. I don't know who this is for. This is for somebody this morning. And though you started with little, you will end with much. Hallelujah. Though you started with little, you will end with much. Praise God. Who received that this morning? Hallelujah. Though, though you, you better get ready. Better get ready. Though you start with little. Don't, don't get too focused on the little because God is about to enlarge, about to enlarge your territory to the glory of God. Now let's turn to Isaiah 54 as our foundational text for this morning. Isaiah chapter 54, uh, verses 1. When everybody's there, say amen. Uh, we're going to lean into this text for supernatural growth. And I just want to remind you that Isaiah was going through, Israel was going through a rough time at this particular, and they, they needed a word. They, they were going through a rough time, and they needed a word. Someone say, I need a word. I need a word. I need a word from God. And here the prophet, by the Spirit of the Lord, gives them a promise of restoration. He gives them this promise of restoration, but, but he also gives them keys 
that lead into the restoration. He gives them keys that open the door for supernatural growth. So he doesn't just, he doesn't just talk about the supernatural growth, but he, give, he, he, he gives keys that, that unlock the door for supernatural growth. Are you following along? So let me read this, and then we'll dissect some of it this morning. Isaiah 54, verse 1, it says, You who have not born, speaking of at that time those who had not had children, break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge, some say enlarge. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains. Someone say stretch. Someone say stretch. It says stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Last verse 3. For you shall expand. Someone say expand. To the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. So I want you to notice in verse 3, he points out the supernatural growth. You shall expand to the right and to the left. Remember in the New Living Translation, it, it talks about bursting at the seams. God wants you to be bursting at the seams. He doesn't want you to just barely get in along. He wants you to be bursting at the seams. But before he gets to verse 3, he lays out various keys that unlock the door uh, to verse, verse 3. Are you following along? So he describes these keys that, that open the door to supernatural growth. And we identified, we identified some of them uh, last Sunday. Right. Was anybody here last Sunday? All right, y'all doing good in your church attendance this year? Amen. We're going to we're gonna have to check the uh, sign-up sheet. No, we don't have a sign-up sheet. We're going to have to check the roll call. But we identified a couple last week. And last week, if you remember, we talked about the power of sound. Anybody remember that? We talked about the power of sound. Like, don't let the devil take your sound. Like one of the first things the enemy does to, to paralyze you spiritually and even emotionally is he tries to steal the sound out of your life. And so you got to have a sound. You got to keep a sound on you. You got to don't let the devil shut you up. For me, and, and I would, and I'm just, and, and I hope for you, that sound in part, it could be several things, but in part, chiefly, it is the name of Jesus. Someone shout Jesus. Someone shout Jesus. Don't just use that word when something's coming against you. Get in the habit of just releasing your sound. Go on the offense. Don't just be on the defense. So I shared with you last week, I'll just be driving down the street and I'll just, Jesus. Jesus. Just getting in the, get my muscles ready. Jesus. Releasing my sound. There's power in the sound. Remember we learned that oftentimes in the Bible, before great force, often comes a great sound. Sound always, generally speaking, precedes power. And that's why at Chapel of Change, we're not ashamed to release our sound into the atmosphere. We, we, we 
got to have a sound. That's one of the uniqueness about Chapel of Changes. We have a sound. We also talked about the power of a song. Remember that? Said, said, don't let the devil take your song. He says, shout for joy. Sing a song. That's what, that's what I, the prophet said to the people. Don't let the devil take your song. And, and remember we learned how Jesus was on the cross and he was quoting the book of Psalms and how Psalms is the song book of Israel. Could it be that Jesus was, was singing a song in the most horrific moment of his life? Power of a song. Why, why does God tell us to sing? Like over and over in the Bible, he commands us. It's not even a suggestion. He it's not an issue of you knowing how to sing. That's not the issue. The issue is, are you bold enough to lift up your voice unto the Lord? And he commands us. Why does he do this? Not because God has low self-esteem. Not because God is insecure. No, there's power. And we release a song into the atmosphere. Someone shout amen. I want to identify one or two more keys in our study this morning that I believe it's going to strengthen you. I believe this is going to help you. So I'm going to ask that you pay attention because I, I believe God's going to, you're going to walk out of here a different person. And I, I see a couple more keys. I don't know how far I'm going to get, but let's see what the, what the Lord does. The next key that I see that I want to pull out is I see the power of faith. The power of faith. Someone say the power of faith. Uh, I want to go back to verse 1, and in the New Living Translation, I want to read it from the New Living Translation. Listen to what it says. It says, break into loud and joyful song, O Jerusalem, you who have never been in labor. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. Look at the command. Break into a loud and joyful song, O Jerusalem, you who have never been in labor. It's talking about uh, uh, the women who have not born a child, right? The women that have not born a child. Now, remember, in order to kind of get the power behind this commandment, you gotta you gotta go back to the culture of that time. You gotta you gotta take it in its cultural context. So remember, in this culture, uh, barrenness was a sign of disgrace. Remember that in this culture, way back in the days, not today, but in that culture, barrenness was a sign of shame. Barrenness was a sign of, of, of lack. In fact, barrenness was perceived to be God's judgment upon somebody. I need you to catch this because it was perceived that God was mad at me. It was perceived that God was against me. Has anybody ever felt? That God was against you. Has anybody ever been in a place where all hell came against you and you said, man, is God against me too? Barrenness at that particular time was perceived as the judgment of God. Now, you got to, I want to expand your thinking this morning because in life, there's more than just physical barrenness. There's more than just physical barrenness. There's spiritual barrenness. Where you're not producing the fruit of the spirit. You're not producing the evidence of being spirit-filled. You're not producing the evidence of, of this dynamic, supernatural lifestyle that you claim to be in. The spiritual barrenness. There's emotional barrenness. 
There, there's even financial barrenness. There's, uh, barrenness is not just limited to physical barrenness. There's all different types of barrenness. But what I want you to get is that barrenness speaks of being unfruitful, unproductive. It speaks of being empty, closed up, shut up, lifeless, hopeless, and helpless. Is anybody following along? That's what barrenness speaks of. Being unfruitful, unproductive, empty, closed up, shut up lifeless, hopeless, and helpless. Now get this. Here's what blows my mind. God wanted them to sing for joy even while they were barren. That's what blows my mind. That's what intrigues me about this text. That's what kind of amazes me uh, that it, it feels like a contradiction. It feels like, like it's just going against the grain. God, what do you mean, God? You want me to sing even in my distress? What do you mean, God? You want me to smile while I'm being attacked? You want me to dance for joy while my life is falling apart? What do you, what do you mean, God? What, what do you mean? How, how can I smile in my distress? How can I smile when my kids are acting up? How, how can I lift up a joyful noise when my spouse is acting up? How, how can I sing a song when I just got fired from my work? How, how can I have a smile on my face when all hell has broken out in my life. How does that even happen? How do I, how do, I do, do that? Here's the answer. It's by faith. The only way you could obey God's commandment to, to break out in a loud and joyful song, the only way you could smile when all hell is breaking loose in your life, the only way you could come to church when your family is tripping is, is by faith. Someone, someone shout out faith. It's the only way. It's the only way. And so I, I want to encourage you this morning that, that you need to grow in your faith. That we need to grow in our faith this, this, this year. That, that we need to strengthen your faith. And one of, one of my prayers is every time you come to Chapel of Change, that's one of the reasons why we, we're, we're, we're expounding the word of God to you. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So every time you come to Chapel of Change, part of my prayer is to stuff you with faith. Stuff you with faith. Even right now, under the sound of my voice, you don't even see it, but in the spiritual realm, you're being stuffed by faith. Why? Because we're looking at the word of God. We're preaching the word of God. We're teaching the word of God. Even right now, somebody's heart is being delivered from depression because there's power in the word. Someone shout Jesus. So we need to grow in our faith. We need to grow in our faith. That's the only way you're going to do this. The only way you're going to live out this Christian life, which is supposed to be a supernatural lifestyle, is by faith. Because God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He, he, I don't know if you've learned this already, but a lot of times God will tell you to do something that in the natural looks crazy. A lot of times he'll tell you to do something that in the natural looks crazy. So you've got to step out in faith. Let me help you understand a little bit about faith this morning. Um, 
faith helps to manifest God's promises in our lives. Faith helps to manifest God's promises in our lives. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12, it says, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith, someone say through faith, through faith and patience, get this, inherit what has been promised. Inherit what has been promised. So, so faith helps to manifest the promises of God in your life. See how important that is? Faith is the, is the hand by which you receive from God. That's why it's so important for you to grow in your faith. Because there's, there's some supernatural stuff that God wants to get into your life. But, but to a huge degree, he could only get into your life to the level of your faith. You can help, help God out, get it into your life by increasing your faith. Does anybody follow along? Let me help us understand a little bit about faith. Faith calls out the end results. Faith calls out the end results. In Romans 4, 17, it says, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Notice what God does. He calls those things. He calls out those things. He, he calls out the end result. Notice what faith does. Calls out the end result. Now, that verse was kind of using uh, Abraham as an example. And you go all the way back to Abraham's life. It gives a little bit more insight. Listen to this in Genesis chapter 17, verse 5. This is God speaking to Abraham. He says, no longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be called Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. Notice what God does. He's calling out the end at the beginning. Faith calls out the end. It calls out the end. Abraham didn't even have uh, a lot of babies at that particular time. But look what he says. I have made you a father of many nations. That's faith right there. Is anybody following along? God called out the end result of his life. And then when you study Abraham's life, he, 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 you know, he makes some mistakes, but ultimately he, he obeys God. And then and then God turns around and uses his life as a testimony for us. He's called the father of faith. He's called the father of faith. So, so remember, the stories in the Bible are not just stories, made-up stories in the Bible. They're, they're, they're images for you and I to follow. They're patterns for us. They're patterns for us. And when God teaches us about the faith of Abraham, he's trying to get you to do what Abraham did minus his mistakes. Are you following along? So he uses Abraham as an example. Listen to this. Isaiah 51 verse 2. It says, look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who gave birth, you birth. When I called him, here it is, he was but one. Then I blessed him and multiplied him. Ain't that exciting? He said, when I called him. He was but one. Don't that sound like the beginning of, the, of, of one of the scriptures that I read in Job? That, that, that you, though you started off with little, you will end with much. When I called him, he was one. Well, what happened when he called him? He, call, he changed his name from Abram, which means father, to Abraham, which means father of many nations, a multitude. You see what God is doing? He goes to, he goes to his beginning and calls out the end. Faith calls out the end in the situation. And notice, multiplication is a sign of the blessing of God. 
Multiplication, he said, he said, I called him, he was but one, then I blessed him and multiplied him. Multiplication is a sign of a blessing of God. Supernatural growth is a sign of, a bless, of the blessing of God. I remember when we first started Chapel of Change, we started off with one service at 1225 in the afternoon. 1225, we had one Sunday service. Not too long after that, we launched another service, then a Spanish service, and then not long after that, we launched our Long Beach campus, then not long after that, we launched our Carson campus, and then not long after that, we launched our Merced campus, and then not long after that, we launched our Whittier campus. Multiplication is a sign of the blessing of God. Someone shout supernatural increase. So God calls out the end result. And then he, he, he encourages us to do the same. For example, in, in Joel chapter 3, verse 10, it says, let the weak say I am strong. Let the weak. Are you weak? Okay. We're not going to live in denial. You're weak. You can acknowledge the weakness. Ain't nothing wrong with acknowledging the weakness. But we're not going to focus on the weakness. We're going to call out strength in our life. We're going to call out strength. Why? Because faith calls out the end result. By faith, I'm strong in the name of Jesus. By faith, my family is strong in the name of Jesus. Someone shout amen. Jesus called out the end result too. Remember when he got the message that Lazarus died? Remember when he got the message that Lazarus died? How did he respond? What did he say? Listen to this in John 11, 4, 4 verse 4. It says, when he heard this, what is this? That's the message that Lazarus had died. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory. What is he doing? He's calling out the end result. He's calling out the end result. This, this sickness will not end in death, but for God's glory. Is anybody following along? So how does this apply to our life? By faith, I'm healed. How does this apply to our life? By faith, I have that job. How, how does it apply to our life? By faith, my bills are paid. How does that apply to our life? By faith, my kids are serving the Lord. By faith, I'm blessed. How does that apply to our life? We call out the end in the mighty name of Jesus. And if it doesn't look like what you're describing then it means it's not the end yet. Hello. If it doesn't look like what you're describing, that means it's not the end. Just keep on walking. Keep on serving. Keep on calling out the end. Calling out the end results. Faith does that. I want to I share a testimony. Brother David. David, come up here. David, I want to share. Give it up for Brother David. <laughs> Brother David just visited. I want to share the quick testimony, uh, David, since it's on faith, right? Brother David's visiting us. He lives, I think, in San Bernardino somewhere. And um, I was imprisoned with David for how many years? A couple years? About two years. And he was my next-door neighbor. And I always like to bring witnesses because some of y'all think I'm lying. But one day, I was learning about faith in one season of my life. I'm learning about faith. And I'm in prison. And I'm eating bologna sandwiches. I'm eating like fish Friday, which I don't even eat. I don't like the pancake. I'm not eating the pancake. The, the food is terrible. Don't ever go to prison. It's terrible. Don't even go, right? But I'm learning about faith. I'm learning about faith. 
And so, and so one season of my life, I'm, I'm praying, God, man, God, I know you can bring me a steak. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. I said, God, I know you could bring me a steak. I know I'm in prison, but I know that you could break the limits off of my life and bring me a steak. I thought he was crazy. <laughs> he thought I was crazy. One day, one day, David was working in the office. They called him to the office, the, the front office, and one of the correctional officers had a steak. Tell him what happened. There was a sandstorm, a sandstorm, so everything was locked down. And he was still talking about the steak that he wanted, that God was going to, he said, God is going to give me a steak. So they called me and asked me to remove these big mats because they didn't want the, the floors to get ruined and, you know, lay them all, it was to lay them all out so the floors wouldn't get ruined. And then I said, okay. So I went and, and laid out the things and the, uh, it was the captain actually because he, the floors were really shiny and really nice. And so. He goes, there's a, a container in the office for you. I said, okay. So I grab it, and I go back, and I head back to the unit. And um, I open it up, and it's a porterhouse steak. So I go, here, God brought you this. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. Faith is the hand by which you receive from God. The Lord God fed me a steak when I was in prison. You know I looked at that thing and just cherished every moment. God bless you, David, for sacrificing. Amen. God will shut down things to get you what he wants you to get. He will shut down things and he will touch people's hearts to get you what he wants you to get. I don't know what you're believing for, but I was believing for a steak. So I see the power of faith. But here's the last thing that I want to share. I also see the power of preparation. Someone shout preparation. I want to go back to verse 2. It says, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. There's something to be said about that. Now, I want you to catch this. Before they experience supernatural growth, they are to enlarge their tents. Before they experience supernatural growth, they are to, they are to to, to strengthen their stakes. Do you see that in the text? This speaks of the power of preparation. The power of preparation. Someone say preparation. Now it's dangerous to be ill, Ill prepared. It's dangerous because men or women never rise without maximizing their season of preparation. It's dangerous to be blessed with supernatural growth if you're not prepared for it. Because the blessing, if you're not prepared for it, can crush you. Is anybody following along? So he tells them to prepare for what you're believing for. Prepare for what you're believing for. He's telling them, I want you to get ready for what I'm about to do. No man rises without maximizing their season of preparation. Look throughout the Bible. There's patterns of this. Joseph spent 13 years in prison uh, in the season of his preparation before he rose to rule over Egypt. We admire King David eating uh, in the palace, and we want to be like him in the palace, but we forget that once upon a time he lived in a cave. We forget once upon a time he lived in the cave, and the cave was preparation for the castle. The cave was a preparation for the castle. Think of Jesus. He prepared 30 years for a ministry that only lasted three years. 
He prepared 30 years before the Father announced him before the world. That's, there's something to be said about that. I'm going to say that again. Jesus prepared 30 years before the Father announced him to the world. One of the uh, uh, tragedies of today is seeing people disregard the season of preparation. One of the tragedies of today is seeing people disregard the seasons of preparation or seeing people announce themselves before the Father announces them. If we are not prepared for your moment, when it comes, you will fail. If you're not prepared for your moment, when it comes, uh, uh, you will fail. And so you must endure the season of preparation. You must endure and pass your season of preparation. Why am I saying that? Because some of y'all are, are here right now, you don't even realize you're in the season of preparation. And you, and you, and you might feel like you want to tap out. Don't tap out. Preparation goes before supernatural growth. Preparation goes before supernatural growth. Listen to this in 2 Chronicles chapter 27, verse 6. It says, Jothan grew strong. Why? Because he prepared his ways before the Lord his God. So notice he grew strong not just because he wanted to grow. He grew strong not by accident or not automatically. But he grew strong because he prepared. Someone say preparation. Never despise the season of preparation. Always endure your season of preparation. Always pass your season of preparation. No man or no woman who ever does anything significant in this life rises without a season of preparation. Are you following along? Now, when you're in your season of preparation, there's a couple things that you must capture or you waste your time. When you're in your super, uh, your, your uh, uh, preparation, season of preparation, there are a couple things that you must capture or you'll waste your time. The first thing that you must capture in your season of preparation is you got to learn to know God. You got to learn to know God. That's the, that's the ultimate reason for your season of preparation. And the Bible outlines this, this pathway that helps you to transcend uh, transcend failure and brokenness. The Bible outlines the pathway uh, uh, to significance in life. And it starts with knowing God. Daniel 11.32 says, They that know their God will be strong and carry out great exploits. That's what I want for you. Uh, this, is what I, this is my prayer for those that are part of Chapel of Change, that God uses your life in a significant way, but that's only going to flow out of your strength of knowing Him. It's only going to flow out of the strength of knowing Him. Our confidence to show God comes from our knowing God. Our confidence to, to show God to the world comes from our knowing God. Remember the lady at the well that Jesus met? Remember that lady who, who met Jesus when it was real hot uh, at the well, and, and she run back to her town in John chapter 4, verse 29. She's one of the greatest women preachers in all of history. What does she say uh, uh, in John 42? Said, they said to the woman, uh, nope, it's John uh, 4, 29. Let me just read it. This is what she says. She says, come see a man who told me everything I did. This is what she runs to her city. And you got to remember, she's an outcast to her city. 
you got to remember the reason why she comes late in the day is to be by herself because the regular ladies didn't want to walk with her. So you got to remember that her life is filled with shame because of her lifestyle. And now she runs back to the same community that rejected her and she preaches this powerful message, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Where does she get that confidence from? Where did she get that boldness from? I'll tell you, it came from knowing Jesus. It came from her counter encounter with Jesus. The God you experience is the God you'll show to the world. The God you experience is the God that you'll show to the world. That's why we're big on not just having a, a knowledge of God, but an experience with God. That's why we're big on worship and inviting you to the altar of God. Because we want you to encounter God. The God that you encounter will be the God that you show to the world. If you have a little encounter, you'll show a little God. Is anybody following along? Then when she runs to that community um, the people respond to her call and they run to Jesus and then they develop their own testimony. And this is what they say in John 4, 42. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. I pray that over your kids. I pray that over your grandkids. I pray that over your daughter. I pray that over your son. I pray that over your niece. I pray that over your nephew. That they may have heard about Jesus from you, but they're going to come into a place where they say, now I know for myself. Someone shout Jesus. So in your preparation time, you got to get to know Jesus. You got to spend time uh, in that secret place. You got you to ask God, reveal yourself to me through your word. Someone shout Amen. Secondly, when you're in your season of preparation, what's important, you've got to learn to know who you are in Christ. Very important. I cannot stress this enough. One of the first things you should be learning uh, as a newborn Christian is who you are in Christ. If you do not learn who you are in Christ, you will be bullied by the world. You will be bullied by circumstances. You will be bullied by situations. Knowing who you are in Christ slays insecurity. Knowing who you are in Christ slays low self-esteem. Knowing who you are in Christ slays the shame. Listen, for, for all of us to a certain degree, what we've done in the world carries a lot of shame. Am I right? Like what, for all of us to a certain degree, some more, some less. What you've done in the world carries a lot of shame. And just because you're born again doesn't mean automatically that shame wipes off of your mind. It takes time for your mind to be healed and strengthened. And the more you learn who you are in Christ, the more you slay the shame that is attached to your life. Very important. And then lastly. When you're in your time of season, your season of preparation, learn to know your giftings and abilities. You got to learn your giftings and your abilities. I was reminded that before God used Moses, he asked them, what do you have in your hand? What do you have in your hand? In Exodus chapter 4, it says, so the Lord said to Moses, what is that in your hand? And Moses says, I have a rod. 
He says, I have a rod. Follow along. See, uh, the lesson is you need to know what's in your hand. That, that look what God asked him, and then, and then look what God asked him to do with his, with his rod. Listen to this. He said, cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent, serpent, and Moses fled from it. So I want you to notice, God, look at what God tells him to do. He says, cast it on the ground. The first thing that you do when you begin to identify your gifts and your abilities, you need to submit them to God. You submit them to God. As he submits what's in his hand to God, uh, it becomes an instrument of signs and wonders. As you submit what you have to God, they become an instrument of signs and wonders. Look at verse 17. I'm going to read it. Exodus chapter 4, verse 17. It says, and you shall take this rod in your hand with which you shall do the sign. So you got to know your gifts and abilities. And once you understand, uh, uh, identify your gifts and abilities, you submit that to God. The more you submit your gifts and abilities to God, the more they become a sign and a wonder for the glory of God. I pray that your life becomes a sign and a wonder for the glory of God. And then here's the last thing I'm going to point out. When you're in your season of preparation, you must learn to know your assignment. Everyone has a purpose in life. We call it your divine design. And the sooner you discover your divine design, the sooner you'll stop wasting time. The sooner you discover your divine design, the sooner you'll impact the world. It, it has been said the two most important days in this life are the day you've been born and the day you discover why. The day you've been born and the day you've been, uh, you discover why. Let me read these two scriptures. Uh, Acts chapter 13 verse 36. It says, now when David had served God's purpose, someone say God's purpose. You serve God's purpose, God's purpose, God's purpose. In his own generation, he fell asleep and he was buried. So notice David, he discovered his divine design and it was to serve God in his generation. Now let me read to you the outcome of that in 1 Chronicles 29 verse 28. Listen to this. He died at a good old age, praise God for that, having enjoyed long life, wealth, and honor, his son Solomon succeeded him as king. Look at the blessing. Look at the blessing of discovering your divine design. Look at the blessing of serving the God uh, in your generation. That God is looking for men and women who will put aside the things of this world. Who will sacrifice the things of this world and serve his purpose in this generation. And it won't be easy. It's not a walk in the park, but I'll tell you it comes with blessings. It says that David died at a good old age, having enjoyed a long life. I want to enjoy. If the Lord wills, I want to enjoy a long life. Someone shout amen. Look at the blessing that he enjoyed a long life, that he experienced wealth and honor. I'm praying that God restores your honor this morning. I'm praying that God increases your honor. So as we begin to uh, uh, turn the keys to supernatural growth, remember the power of faith. Remember the power of faith. And remember, uh, uh, the, remember the power of preparation. Someone say faith. Someone say preparation. 
Never tap out of your preparation time. God is preparing someone for something significant. God is preparing someone for something great. Stay in your preparation and let God mold you and shape you into the man or woman that he has called you to be. Do not tap out. Let's bow our heads in the presence of the Lord as the worship team comes up. As we bow our heads in the presence of the Lord, I want us to reflect upon the word of God this, this morning. What was God getting across to us? What was God trying to say uh, to us? And more importantly, I want you to reflect on your faith this morning. And I, re- I want you to reflect upon your preparation this morning. As the worship team just plays uh, softly Uh, in the background. This is an important part of our time together where we reflect upon the word of the Lord in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. What was God trying to get across to you? How can you apply what was said today to your life? What area can you apply what was said today? Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. every head bowed and every eye closed, I want us to meditate upon the word of the Lord. How can you apply what was said today to your life? Faith and preparation. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this powerful word that was given to us this morning, God. Lord, by your Holy Spirit, God, I pray that you keep us sensitive, Lord, in these areas that we may activate what you have given to us, Lord. We are not only hearers of the word, but we are doers of the word, Father God. So, God, we thank you for loving us so much, Lord, that you are equipping us, Lord, to grow, to succeed, and to prepare for what we are called to be, God. And with that, God, we give you the glory this morning. We give you the honor this morning, and we give you the praise in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand praise. Praise the Lord. I encourage us to go back and and watch this video. You know, sometimes... um, we hear the word and sometimes like, you know, the devil comes and he'll steal the seed. So 
It's available online if you want to recap. I'm, I'm a big believer on recapping. So it, 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 we're able to eternalize the word. It becomes a part of us. The Bible says that to, to etch the word of God on our hearts, right? It's written on our hearts that we may not sin or we may not forget the things that God wants for us. With that, uh, we're going to transition to our tithes and offerings, uh, a portion of this service. And I have a, a scripture here out of Proverbs 3.9. Proverbs 3.9. It says this. It says, honor the Lord with the wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. At Chapel of Change, we're in the month of January where we're, we're pressing in, we're seeking God. And, and one of the things that, that we've been studying and learning about is the first fruits offering. So as we prepare for our tithes and offerings, we still have the ability to give that first fruits of the year so to set the temple for the rest of the year and this is an offering that's above the tithes uh, that we normally give unto God so so please pray and prepare your hearts to release that with the coming weeks or or months as we enter this new year I want to call the ushers forward and I have a few announcements let's give it up for the ushers let's give it up for the men of God hallelujah I want to encourage us to, to come back out at our 1230 service where we're going to be celebrating baptisms. Let's give it up for baptisms. Amen. And, and it's, it's, it's important that, that we root and we cheer the ones that are getting baptized on, right? It, it, what it is, it's, it's, it's a very inspirational thing when you, you're seeing somebody, you know, give their life to the Lord and take that next step of obedience uh, into their calling and, and baptism is a step of obedience and saying Lord I'm going to live for you and I want everyone to know amen so this is a good opportunity come back out uh, and support the baptisms at our 1230 service anyone that is a part of the baptisms we're going to have a meeting after with Pastor Vaughn right here Pastor Vaughn raise your hand he's going to meet with them explain baptism so see Pastor Vaughn uh, after the service I know we talked about the women but where are the women at so once again, we're having our Women's Abide Conference this Saturday coming up at the Paramount Campus. 745, I believe, is, is the beginning when they're going to check in um, and just come out, be a part of it. Uh, I think I'm going to try to sneak in or be like the fly on the wall, but I don't know. So, Or watch it online or something. But I'm, I'm going to definitely uh, try to get mine that day and get that nourishment. Excuse me? Oh, Okay. Also, uh, um, um, Sister Monique was, was reminding me that if you want to contribute some, some pastries, any women or men even, you want to contribute some pastries that day, please see Monique and, and give her that information. You could bring a, bless us with that gift and pastries as well. Uh, also, we have the Faith and Business Expo that Pastor Brian was talking about. Amen. You know, I think I'm going to come to that one. I, I, I think, like, you know, that's. My next step, you know, I've been wanting to start something up. I've been wanting to, like, I don't really know what it is, but, you know, like what Pastor Brian says, man, I'm going to come and get unlocked, you know what I mean? So I'm going to sit in and I'm going to support. I'm just going to make myself available. If it's, it's a business that God wants me to start, I'm going to sit in that and receive that. So come out at the Faith and Business Expo uh, 217. That's February the 17th uh, here at Chapel of Change Paramount Campus. Uh, I'm going to pray for the offerings, release the ushers, and we're going to come back with the blessings. So.
Let us, uh, let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, God, that you're a God that provides, God. And, and we come with thankful hearts, Lord God, just to recognize you give us everything we need, Lord. We are not lacking, Lord. We are not, uh, you know, scrounging around, Lord. But we are children of you, Lord. And you are a good father, God. So, God, we thank you for the provision, Lord. And we just want to thank you by giving it back to you, God. We want to sow into your kingdom. We want to sow into your people and to what you're doing here in the church, God. And uh, God, we thank you and we ask that you continue to give us the Holy Spirit wisdom to steward these finances well, God. So God, may you receive this uh, offering today, God, and may it glorify you, may it honor you, Lord. And God, we say thank you with this offering in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen.